all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. I pray that I would preach with apostolic power and authority tonight. That every mentality that must be broken be broken. That every curse that's been in operation be broken. And that tonight we walk out of here better. They say under Baha'i. Then we came in here in the first place. We log off better than when we came in in the first place. And for that we say thank you in Jesus' name. Can I get you to put a praise in the atmosphere right there? Hallelujah. Bible's up. Let's make our confession of faith together. I am blessed because the life-giving message I'm about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. We prayed. Y'all ready? Grab a seat. Let's go. So we're in this new series that we started one week ago today called Christmas is Forgiving. And each message, somebody say each message. Each message is a gift to you. It's literally a gift to you. And I don't know about you, but when it's Christmas time, I don't like having to go through everybody else's gifts to get to mine. In fact, I like my putting my stuff over in its own section, in its own area, so that I can just get right to it. And I say that to you because for many of you, watch me, you've had to spend a lot of your life seeing other people open their stuff. And for some of you, you're saying, God, when is it going to be my time to open mine? Can I prophesy to you before I get into this word? Look at somebody next to you and say, it's about your time. It's about. Yeah. God says, I got some stuff set aside for you. And I waited to the last month of the year before I gave it to you. I needed to see if you could go through some hell and high water, through some trials and tribulations, through some disappointments, through some failures, through some betrayal. I needed to see if you could go through the first 11 months. But baby, come December, I got some gifts. Oh, my God. Somebody said, there's some gifts set aside for me. Wednesday, I don't like the way you're talking to me. Talk with authority, please. Say, there's some gifts set aside for me. (laughs) You better hear me. But tonight's gift in terms of the message is this. Understanding the attack on black. 
Wow. Wow. Now, for those of you not black, you may say, how does this apply to me? Oh, it does. It applies to everybody. Some, open your mouth and say, this is going to speak to everybody. Uh, listen, Sunday's message was moving past the pandemic. Uh, and I showed you the pandemic uh, uh, in that message. There was a pandemic that was in the scripture. And we looked at it from 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible says, when the Philistines had captured the ark of God, they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Now, the word Philistine means invader. So that literally when it says the Philistines showed up, it means something invaded. And what did it do? It captured the ark of God. You have to be careful that, watch me, even when you're walking with the Lord, something can invade and it can capture the priority, the presence, and the word of God. Have you ever seen somebody that at one point you looked at them like they were super Christian and then something invaded? Let's talk. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was an individual. Maybe it was a new job. Maybe it was a new opportunity. Maybe it was that somebody started putting mess in their ear. And all of a sudden, something invaded. You have to be careful because you can be invaded and not even know that you've been invaded. You can have stuff that's turned your heart from God and not even be aware that something has turned your heart from God. The Bible says that they captured the ark. What does the ark represent? There is uh, this miniature example of what the ark looks like. The Bible says that it represents the priority of God, which means God is important. In other words, God is first. Hear me. God will not be second in anybody's life. Either he's first or he's not coming to your party. And for some of you, watch me, God has been allowing you to keep him in first place because he's been testing you to see if you would put other things in first place. You do know when Adam got in trouble, and the reason Adam got in trouble was because God gave him a very direct instruction. But the Bible says that he made what Eve, his wife, said more important than what God said. In other words, even your spouse can be an invader. Oh, my God. Your mama can be an invader. Your cousin can be an invader. Your children can be an invader. Why? Because God says the moment you make somebody else priority over me and priority over what I said, God says we have an invasion. And for some of you, I need you to clear every invader out of your life. I need you to clear some people out. You need to clear, watch me, for some of you, you spend too much time thinking about what people think about you instead of thinking, uh, being concerned about what the Lord thinks about you. I need you to look at somebody and say clear every invader invader out clear so the ark of God it represents the priority of God God says either I'm number one either I am priority or I'm not interested in showing up I'm not gonna be your side piece I'm not gonna be something that you think about after you go to everybody else if you call everybody else before you pray you've been invaded if you if you get on YouTube before you pray you've been invaded y'all not gonna say nothing to me tonight then it means the presence of God. See, listen, I don't know about you, but I need the presence of the Lord. Because watch me, you can have days like I had yesterday where you wake up over the day, but then when you get into his presence, all of a sudden you get your focus back. All of a sudden you get your fight back. All of a sudden the gladiator in you says, wait a minute, this is the day that the Lord has made and I shall rejoice and be made glad in it. Somebody say, I need his presence. Now, some of you can get confused because sometimes you think that his presence is goosebumps. That's not goosebumps, it's just cold. Um, that's not his presence. Watch me. Since he is his word, John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, which means he and his word are synonymous. So if I get in his presence, that means I got in his word. And when I get in his word, his presence manifests. That's why even the songs we sing, I don't let them just sing anything. You got to sing Bible. 
I will call on the name of the Lord. Baby, that's Bible. Give, give a, write them on the tablet of your heart. Baby, that's Bible. Why? Because when I sing the word, his presence manifests. I, this is why you can be having a horrible day but start speaking the word. I will bless the Lord at all times. And then all of a sudden you feel your help coming. Why? Because his presence manifested because wherever his word is, there he is. Then finally, the ark represents the word of God. Say the word of God. Something had invaded and captured the ark. It captured the priority of God, so he wasn't priority anymore. It captured the presence of God, so they weren't even concerned about the word. And then it captured the word of God, which means his word was less important. You ever met somebody that at one point in their life, it was all Bible. Like, no, the word say this, the word say this. And then later on, they're like, well, look. You're like, how'd you turn? What changed? Something invaded. And the Bible says they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Ebenezer, in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, it means up to this point or hitherto, the Lord has helped me. So pay attention. The, his ark is in a place called the Lord has helped me. Can I help you understand something? Your education is not why you are where you are. Can I tell you the truth? There were five more qualified people than you. Listen, 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 listen. Who you know, I, I know you figure, you know, you got the hookup. Holler if you hear me. Ah. It is not your education. The only reason that you are where you are and you've done what you've done and you beat the statistics that you've beat is because Ebenezer, hitherto, the Lord has helped me. I wonder if there's anybody in the building or online where the Lord has helped you. He got you through some stuff that you thought was going to take you out and take you down, but instead of being an ending, it was a new beginning. Can I just get you to say, Ebenezer? That means hitherto the Lord has helped me. They took it from the Lord has helped me to this place called Ashdod. Say Ashdod. Ashdod means stronghold. So something is invaded and now it's got a stronghold. What is a stronghold? A stronghold means it has control over all three parts of your humanity. See, you are a spirit. That's the real you. That, that's the real you. That's your subconscious mind. You possess a soul that is your mind, your thoughts, your will, and your emotions. Pay attention. You possess a soul. You're not a soul. All right? All right? That's your mind. Let's see if you remember. Your thoughts, your will, your emotions. You live in a physical body. This is not you. You got it? All right, all right, all right. So pay attention to that. If a stronghold is present in your life, it means something has philistined you. You've been invaded, and now it controls your body, it controls your soul, and it controls your spirit. Since you're acting like you don't understand what I'm talking about, strongholds normally come through sexual relationships. Let's talk. Since you want to look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Because what happens now is that you lay down with your body, but you became one with their soul and their spirit. And so now, even though you know they're no good for you, you just can't seem to break loose. Why? Because you got a stronghold. Ooh, but tonight, I feel like the breakers in the building. I, I feel like the breakers in the building. What does that mean? If a stronghold can be formed, that means it can also be broken. I prophesy every stronghold that's been present in your life that has been taking the priority, the presence, and the word of God out of place. Open your mouth. Shout, let it be broken. Then it means to oppress. And oppression is unique because oppression is more mental than it is physical. 
So what, what happens, something invades, and now it's got you thinking a certain way. So even though you're free, you don't act like it. Even though you could do it, you, act, you tell yourself you don't have options. So you sitting at the house all day complaining about life when you have the power to change life. But when there's a stronghold presence, you feel like you are in oppression. I need you to elbow somebody next to you. Say, no strongholds, no oppression. No. Uh-uh, you are not stuck in depression. The devil is alive as mama is too. You are not stuck in anxiety. You are not stuck in frustration. You are not stuck in pain. You are not stuck in generational curses. Matter of fact, you learned last month you are the curse breaker. I Say, I will not be oppressed. The last definition, theft. So, so, so pay attention. Something has invaded and stolen his priority his presence, and his word. And now it's a stronghold. And your mind tells you this is just the way it is. I can't break it. I can't get out of it. It cannot change. Look at verse 2. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and they brought it into the house of Dagon. Now Dagon was one of the Philistines' false gods. He was one of the Philistines' false gods. He's going to be shown through this animal here. He's going to be shown through this animal here. He's going to be shown through this. Uh, he's gonna be so you'll recognize him. He couldn't be no regular lion because I like lions. So Scar. Scar's name means debris. Trash. So then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it in the house of Dagon. In other words, here's what they did. They tried to put Jesus plus something else. And a lot of Christians, can I be honest? I mean this with love. You are functional atheists. Because you put Jesus next to other stuff. Jesus and counseling, Jesus and therapy, Jesus and, and this, Jesus and sage, Jesus and crystal, Jesus and chakras, Jesus and Egypt, G Jesus and Islam, Jesus and white bread. Listen. And I'm not knocking any of those things. Well, some of them. All right? Here's the problem. But God says, you don't put me next to anything. In fact, he said, you shall have no other gods, what did he say, beside me. In other words, don't you make me equal to somebody else. They didn't heal you like I did. They didn't save you like I did. They didn't keep you from dying like I did. If they didn't do what I did, I dare you put them next to me. You ever been good to somebody and they treated somebody that wasn't good to them as good as they treated you? And you low-key had a little bit of an attitude like... Like you saw them give gifts to everybody, and you're like, well, everybody didn't help you, so I know you, ain't, I know you didn't get her no gift. <laughs> so they set it up beside Dagon. So you got the Ark of God, which represents his priority, you remember? His presence and his word. Next to Dagon. Trash. And you know what gets me about Christians is Christians will be looking for more beyond God and you haven't even done all that God said to do. I just need, yeah, I'm just looking at different alter alternatives. You haven't even done what he said to do. It's quiet in the building. They set it up beside Dagon. Say beside him. And I taught you this. It's not Jesus plus something. It's Jesus did it through something or someone. So what happens? Dagon falls. He falls. Bam. And he falls face forward towards the ark. 
Because the Bible says every knee. Look, look at me. Every relationship you try to put in front of God, oh, he's going to make them bow to knee. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Every substance you try to put next to God, he's going to make it bow the knee. So he falls down um, and they put him back in his place, the Bible says. And I think this is interesting because they didn't get the message. And sometimes, watch me, you don't get the message. And because they didn't get the message, the Bible tells us that the hand of the Lord was strong against them. And a pandemic breaks out because they made it God plus something else so the next morning they come in and when they come in Dagon is on his face again but this time the Bible says that his head and his hands are cut off stop if nobody's been in there all night who did the cutting in other words God says I'm gonna show you that there is no other God beside me so watch me I'll cut the head off that mark and you won't even be able to reach for it in other words his hands represent his reach. His head represents the, the head of that thing, the, the leader of that thing, the ideology of that thing, the thought processes of that thing. God says, I'm going to cut the way you think. And I'm not even going to let you be able to reach for it. Let, let me check the room. Let me check online. Have anybody ever tried to go back to the way you used to live? And when you reach, they never even reach back. And when you got around some of them people that you used to live that way with, watch me, your head was in a different place than theirs because you were like, this conversation is so whack to me. Y'all ain't talking about them. This, 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 you're not talking about anything. You're not trying to go anywhere. You're not trying to become something. Is there anybody in the building where you've seen God cut the head off of a day gone and cut the hands off of a day gone? Can I get you to open your mouth and say, thank you, Lord, for cutting the head off. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 says that the hand of the Lord was heavy against the people of Ashdod. What does this mean? God literally, when it says the hand of the Lord was heavy against them, God says, I'm going to move out of the way. See, when he's not priority, when he and his presence is not important, when his word is not important, he says, I'll just move out the way. And everything that was trying to get you now has free access. See, you're complaining about what got to you, but what you need to understand is if he let that get to you, it had to come to him for him to approve it first. Which means everything that got past the ark, God says, this is going to advance you. I, I wish I had somebody in this building. Which means if I'm facing this, God has stamped his approval on it and says, son, you got this. Can I get you to encourage somebody next to you and you're left and your right say, you got this, you got this, you got this. But when it says the hand of the Lord is heavy upon them, God says, I'll just move my presence. Because it was my presence that was keeping you from getting tied up, tangled up. It was my presence that kept you from getting entangled. It was my word. You complaining about church accountability to church is why you ain't no homemonger now. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You would have been out there dropping it, popping it, and picking it up for free. For free. God says, so I'm going to move. I'm going to move. And he terrified and afflicted them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. Say, this was a pandemic. This was a pandemic. And I taught you uh, 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 that on Sunday. And Jesus prophesied that there would be pandemics. Jesus prophesied that there would be pestilence. Jesus prophesied what would happen. In fact, pandemics are not new to God. They're not even new in the scripture. Um, what I've discovered is that every time you see a pandemic for God's people, 
it is an opportunity for them to prosper. I need you to open up your mouth, please, and say, I'm prospering in the midst of a pandemic. I'm, say it again. Say, I'm prospering in the midst of a pandemic. I, there was another pandemic, you understand, uh, when the children of Israel, they were in Egypt. And when they were in Egypt, they spent 430 years in bondage. When they spent 430 years in bondage, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. When the Lord wanted to get them out of bondage, a pandemic came. I'll come over here. When the Lord wanted to get them out of bondage, a pandemic came. What do you mean a pandemic came? There were 10 plagues that came back to back to back. And the plagues infected their health and infected their wealth and infected their money. It infected the economy. It infected the water. It infected every sector of society. And God says at the end of the 10th plague, God says, I'm about to let my people go. Let me see if I can say it another way. God uses pandemics not only to prosper his people, but he uses pandemics in order to deliver his people. Which means, watch me, you alive at the greatest time you could ever have been alive. Why? Because you're about to see a move of God in this earth like you've never, ever seen before. Congratulations, you just survived the worst 18 months in the last 100 years. I need every survivor to release a praise, right? You're about to see a move of God. You're about to see his people delivered. You're about to see more people come to the Lord than you've ever seen before. And God's going to let you see it. Open your mouth and say, he's going to let me see it. Luke 21, 11, Jesus says, there will be, this is prophetic, prophecy. He's telling you, there will be pestilences. That means plagues and epidemics. As of Tuesday, 5,280,273 deaths in the world. And as I taught you on Sunday, the message wasn't designed to be insensitive to the fact that there's been change, that there's been death in multiple ways. But it was to make you realize if he kept you, it could be 5,280,274. If he kept you, that means, watch me, that means you're not done yet. You still have a pulse, so God still has a plan. I need you to open your mouth to say this with authority. Say, I still have a pulse, so God still has a plan. And in fact, he goes on. I showed you this on Sunday. He prophesies what would happen in the midst of a pandemic. Please pay close attention. Please pay close attention. Because some of you are like, God, why is all of this going on in the world? You're acting like he didn't tell you the script. Up front. He says, when this pandemic is going on, verse 12, they're going to lay their hands on you and persecute you. Verse 16, you will be betrayed and handed over by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be, verse 17, continually hated by everyone because of your association with my name. Somebody say, he prophesied everything. I showed you that on Sunday, but I have a question to ask you tonight. I'm doing this on a Wednesday night because I needed to be able to speak to mature people. Question, what group of people have lived under that attack? What group of people have lived under laying hand, had hands laid on them and persecution and betrayal and, and continually? What group of people have lived under this attack? Um, let me say this, not discussing racism creates false unity. So people say, I don't want to talk about it as if that makes it go away. 
You don't have to talk about your cough, but baby, if you keep coughing, we need you to put a mask on. Listen. Not talking about racism gives people a false sense of unity. Many people say we need, we need reconciliation, but the problem is, uh, th that, is a, that is a false narrative and a false hope and a false dream to just to reconcile races would, would mean let's go back to the way something was. Reconcile, go back. And, and I don't know about you, but you, I ain't going back. You got me all the way twisted if you think I'm going back. So, so, so let's deal with this. Let's deal with this because this is a gift. This is the gift called truth. This is a gift called the stuff that needs to be said that many people won't say. But I'm going to show it to you from the word. And so for those of you who get squeamish around race, just loosen up. Just look at the person next to you and say, just loosen up. It's funny because it's funny because everybody knows it's a problem. But when we talk about the problem, everybody wants to act like Let's just go eat. Well, tonight you ain't going nowhere. For the next <laughs> few minutes, you're going to be with me. You're going to be with me. Slavery in America is unique because slavery in America uh, existed in a way that it had never existed in the earth, in the history of the world. See, uh, slavery has impacted all people groups, but most notably biblical Hebrews and African Americans. Hear me. Race was created, watch me, in America. Why? To stratify. What is to stratify? It means to categorize based on seen differences. Uh, 400 plus years ago, 1619, the first African slaves were brought to this continent, the United, well, it wasn't at that time the United States of America, but to the Commonwealth of Virginia. And at that time, slaves were both Africans and white. What happened is those two slave groups came together and when they came together and rebelled against the slave masters, the slave masters said, we will not be able to keep control of them because if they unify, they will overthrow us every single time. So consequently, we see the creation of stratification, which is where now whites were able to, stay with me, I'm going Bible in a minute, this history class and Bible. Don't you think you can separate the two? The doctor's in tonight. So at that time, they said, we have to find a way to separate them. Because if they unify, watch me, we ain't going to be able to make no money. If they unify, we will not be able to rule. If they unify, we will not be able to control them. Mm. So they created the original concept of what we call today white privilege. That is where they said to whites that were slaves, they said, well, you have an opportunity to earn your freedom and buy your way out of slavery. But to Africans who were slaves, they said, your skin color is a curse. And they said, for this reason, uh, you, you are less than, you are inferior to. And while your white counterpart can earn their way out of slavery, you will be a slave for life. Pay attention. In other words, they said, we never want you to graduate from the stage of doing what we say for free. Can I be honest? There's some similarities. Exodus 1 and 10. Uh, watch me. A new Pharaoh invades Egypt. They, they have a coup d'etat of the government in Egypt. And this new Pharaoh arises that the Bible says does not know Joseph. He does not know who he's messing with. 
And the Bible says that he says this statement. Come, let us pay attention wisely. What's the word? Oppress them. In other words, this won't just be physical. This is going to be spiritual and mental. Let's see if you remember the lesson. This won't just be beating them. This is going to be oppressing their soul, their mind, their thought, their will, and their emotions. And we're going to use the Bible to make them think they're supposed to be like this. We're going to use the Bible to make them think that God made them less than. Ooh, but the devil is a whole lie tonight. I need you to open up your mouth. Shout, the devil is a lie. Let's go. Come, let us wisely oppress them. In other words, they're stronger than us. Mm. This is why we want them to do the work for free. Mm. They have the ability, because of the melanin in their skin, to be out in the fields and not be affected by the heat. They have the ability to take nothing and turn it into something. And no matter what we throw at them, they find a way to bounce back. We tried to kill them in the middle passage, but the strong ones survived. We tried to ruin what they thought about themselves, but they're still standing. So let us wisely oppress them. Watch me, because if they multiply and war break out, they're going to join with our enemies. Translation, if they ever figure out who they are, it's going to be hell to pay for America, y'all. They going to say nothing to me. Oh, my God. Come on. Can I teach it? Can I teach it? So when you deal with the concept of African slavery, stay with me, everybody. Look at the person next to you. Smile at them. Say, we're going somewhere. Don't you get squeamish when I talk about race. Don't, don't do that. Don't, do, don't let the enemy make you think that not talking about it is somehow godly. Because Americans are in denial. Because most Americans have Stockholm Syndrome. What does that mean? Is that you empathize with your abuser. And you make excuses for your abuser. No, baby. We're about to shut that spirit down tonight. So when you look at the concept of African slavery, you started with what's called the Atlantic Middle Passage, where slaves were brought from Africa. They were brought from Africa. And they had to be transported to America, the Middle Passage was lasted for several months. You had m hundreds of people on slave ships next to one another. Uh, uh, no masks. No social distancing. Booty in your face. I say it jokingly just to take away the sting of it because I want you to imagine being next to somebody like you're a sardine packed up next to them. And when they sneeze, they sneeze in your face. When they use the restroom, it gets into you. See, what I'm trying to get you to understand for everybody that's African-American is that we are the stock of the strongest. Because to survive what it took to survive the middle passage, that means there's something on the inside of you. And for me to affirm black is not to deny or distract or to oppress or suppress white. I just got to tell it like it is. So the middle passage, so, 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 so in the middle passage, you, you had people packed like sardines and, 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 and they would kill people. They would drown them in the ocean when they when they thought that they were sick or when they or when they would rebel they used it as a fear tactic to say we'll kill you like we kill them if you don't do what we say that same tactic is still at play in America today you better do what we say or we'll shoot you and think we'll get away with it y'all not gonna say nothing to me women were raped can I teach you for a moment women were raped um, they were raped they were raped um, there was abuse there was much death that happened during the Middle Passage. It's interesting to me um, that uh, we're going to look at something in a moment. It's interesting to me the amount of attack that came against for a moment. Can I, will you indulge me? I'm going to do it either way. It's just nice if you say yes. 
Um, it's interesting to me the amount of attack that came, particularly against the black woman. Mm. It's interesting, let's go here, the amount of attack that comes against the woman. Well, Bishop, why, why, is that, why, why is there so much attack against women? Why do women deal with rape and, and molestation and abuse and, and have to carry so much and have to deal with so much? Well, women, can I introduce you to the you you never knew you were? Uh, let, me, let me see if I can take you back for just a moment. In Genesis, there's a woman named Eve. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says... And Eve, Eve, when Eve uh, uh, is in the garden, she is beguiled. She is tricked by the enemy into disobeying what the Lord said. But the Lord says something very interesting. He says uh, when he is issuing his judgments, issuing his decrees for the sin of Adam, for the sin of Eve, the Lord says something interesting. He says, I'm going to put enmity. Enmity means hatred. He says, I'm going to put hatred between the woman and the serpent. Let me say, say it another way. I'm going to put hatred between the devil and a woman. Let me see if I can say it another way. Which means to every woman, you need to know the reason you are attacked the way you are attacked. The reason that you deal with what you deal with is because, watch me, as quiet as it's kept, a man ain't the devil's enemy. The, the enemy to the devil is a woman. Y'all better hear me. And in particular, Eve on the African tectonic plate was a black woman. Y'all better hear me tonight. So the reason you deal with so much is because he hates you. Because since Genesis, he's been trying to figure out how can I break her? How can I take her down? How can I abuse her? How can I get her in a messed up relationship? But I think there's some women in this place. To I think there's some women online tonight that can say I'm unbreakable. I'm unstoppable. Every woman, I need you to release a shot for five seconds. Go, five now, fellas, join them. Four, hey, three, two, one. If there's a lady next to you, just fist bump her and say, go on, girl, go on, girl, go on, girl. The slave masters, they would break the men. See, whenever they found a strong black man, they would bring him out in front and they would break him. They would break him through physical abuse. They would break him through mental abuse. See, this is why every woman, if you're wise, you pray for men. Every mother, if you have sons, you pray for your sons. Why? Because your sons are dealing with a breaking they'll never be able to talk to you about. They're, watch me. They're dealing with verbal abuse and things that make them feel less than. They'll never talk to you about. And then the master, if he thought that, the, that, 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 that particular male slave was doing too much, he would sodomize him in front of his family. So now he would break him so that the man's willpower was gone. And then he'd tell him, it's God's will for you to be broken. So then slaves consequently, out of this oppression, developed a loyalty to the master that they never were able to develop to one another. So when you look at certain communities, you cannot say, well, why don't they work together? Because we were bred and taught to hate and not trust one another. Which, okay, y'all ain't gonna say that. I'm gonna preach hard. Which is why you'll celebrate if a white person's doing it. But if a black person's doing the same thing, you side-eye it and don't trust it. I'm out there now. I'm out there now. I'm out there now. I love everybody, but I'm out there now. So 
We out there. Come on, somebody say, we out there now. Because there was a loyalty to master. Master, we's got a good house. No, you a slave. So consequently, slaves learn to, to dance, to perform for the masters. This is why you see so many are pushed into music. Why? And so many are pushed into creative things. Why? Because you need to perform for me. They dance a jig in the master's house while the master was eating. And they learn to perform for the applause and the attention of master. They would step on their brother's neck because they were taught you dance for master. They would betray one another because they were taught you dance for master. So then the slave gospel comes forward because they would use a black preacher to get up and preach unity. <laughs> unity with your master. They cherry pick scriptures that were talking about a different type of slavery. See, in the scripture, the slavery reference is bond servanthood, which means you are a servant by choice. The, 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 the slavery mentioned in scripture was a financial transaction, which means you were working for a certain period of time to earn certain things, to achieve certain financial goals, to pay off certain debts. It was not chattel slavery, which was practiced in America, which said if you're born black, you're born a slave. So they would cherry pick scriptures and the black preacher would get up and he'd go from plantation to plantation and he'd say, we got to obey master and, and we got to do what master says. See, they didn't want them to read because had they read the Bible, they would have said, wait a minute, there's a God I read about in the book of Exodus that he's looking at what you're doing and he's saying, this is not right. See, this is why the enemy, watch me, this is why he wants to invade, come on here, and take away his presence, his priority, and his word so you live like a slave even though you're free. And that's not a black thing or a white thing, that's a everybody thing. Because some of you, you've been behind bars that you built for yourself. But tonight, I got some keys. I need you to open your mouth, somebody shout, I'm coming out tonight. I'm the slave gospel was then preached, it was propagated. It was taken from plantation to plantation. And so what, what's interesting is that the slaves were introduced to Jesus, but they weren't introduced to the Jesus of the Bible. See, see, because to keep them enslaved, you have to then teach them that their savior is a white man. You do understand that the images of Jesus that we see today are nothing more than the images of Cesare Borgia, one of the popes. The Bible says that Jesus had locks. The Bible says that his skin was bronze. See, race didn't exist in the Bible. So you get, well, is he black or he white? Well, see, it's not that simple because race didn't exist in the Bible. Race was created in Americas, in the Americas and by European colonizers as a way to say you're less than because you're this race. See, that's why in the Bible, you don't see black or white. You know what you see in the Bible? Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Hebrews, uh, Amalekites. You see ethnicity, you do not see race, which means race in its creation is demonic. I need you to look at somebody next to you and say, don't put me in a box. Tell them, say, I'm kingdom, baby. I'm... Which means I can walk into a room full of white folks. I can walk into a room full of black folks. You, I, you can put me anywhere and watch me rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. I can go anywhere with anybody and don't you tell me I can't reach for it because I'm black. Don't you tell me I can't reach for it because where I was born. I'm kingdom, baby. So then 
So then consequently, you develop the slave mentality. Slave mentality then says, because we have oppressed them in all three ways of their humanity, physically we beat them. And their soul, we, we told them they were less than. We put the light skin against the dark skin, the young against the old, good hair against the, you know, like what does that mean, good hair? You got hair. We, we put the old against the young. We found differences and then told them to fight because of your differences. So consequently, most people, most of your life is lived trying to show why your difference is better than somebody else's difference instead of learning how to celebrate their difference. Can you look at the person next to you in the building and online? I don't care if they're white, black, tall, short, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, it don't matter. It don't matter. Just look at them and say, I celebrate your difference. Tell them. Yeah, whatever you are, I celebrate you. If you white, I celebrate you. You black, I celebrate you. Tall, I celebrate you. Short, I celebrate you. Light skin, I celebrate you. Dark skin, I celebrate you. Beard, I celebrate you. No beard, I celebrate you. Long hair, I celebrate you. Bout your weave, I celebrate you. Bald headed, I celebrate you. Gold teeth, I celebrate you. So this slave mentality then became pervasive. Are you still with me? It, it became pervasive. And see, because the media manipulates... The media manipulates because, see, the media, the media has a narrative. And this is the crazy thing about it is because when we're looking for information, we, we look, now we have something called social media, which means everybody gets to present their own narrative, absent the facts. So the media propagated this mentality that made African-Americans think that they were less than. Can I give you just two quick examples? So, so, so one of the things that you hear is they will say, you got all these black folks on welfare. But, but look at the statistics. That's from the United States Department of Agriculture who, who, who does, who executes SNAP benefits. They'll say, look at all, look at all. You ready for this one? You ready for this one? This is, this is, they'll say, listen, they're worried about, they're worried about, you know, uh, police officers uh, killing black men. What about black on black crime? Well, the FBI said. Oh, y'all ain't ready yet. The FBI said that it's more white on white crime than it is black on black crime. But now you believe a narrative that says something totally different than the facts. I could give you more facts. I just kept it at two so I could get out of here on time. <laughs> so the media, the media is presenting an image to make you think that one group is less than, that another group is superior to. Oh, and let's not have this discussion on critical race theory. Where you have people actively, actively, six states have passed laws saying we won't teach the truth about history. Don't, watch me, here's what they said. We don't want to teach about Dr. King because it's going to traumatize young white kids. That's what they said. That's what they said. We don't want to teach the truth. Y'all are quiet in here tonight. I, that's why I put extra oil on my head. If you're like, Bishop's head is shiny. I got a lot of oil on my head tonight. He anoints my head with oil. Because in America, if you tell the truth, you're looked at as somebody that's evil trying to create division when the reality is it's the liars that are creating division. 
That's why we release a prophetic word over this nation that every lie and every ounce of racism that exists in this nation, we say the judgment of the Lord come against that. Let's go. So Jane Elliott is this woman who did this exercise. She did this exercise on Oprah. You can tell it was a while ago. Look at her glasses. And look at this. Jane Elliott did this exercise because, because the narrative that was taught, the narrative that was taught, um, and same thing that Pharaoh did to the Hebrews, is that you're less than. You need us. What you gonna do without us? You know, Ike turn on steroids, you know? You ain't going away. Ain't nobody listening to the lie to D you doing. You know, she did this exercise. And so they told everyone with brown eyes, you are superior to those with blue eyes. Watch me. And they begin to treat them different. See, people will respond to the treatment you give. So they began to, she began to go through, and so they did this with the, with the audience, and so they separated the two. They said, everybody with brown eyes over here, everybody with blue eyes over here. You brown-eyed people, you're so much better than you blue-eyed people. And then all of a sudden, the, the people started fighting, and they started believing the narrative that was taught to them only 20 minutes earlier. So you had brown-eyed people against blue-eyed people, and they would begin to say, you know what? We are smarter than the people with the blue eyes. That's true. You know, they're just such savages. So watch me. What happens is, is that if you're taught you're superior, you'll start thinking, you'll start believing that's actually true. If you're taught you're inferior, you'll start believing that's actually true. So media crafted these archetypes. We're almost done. These archetypes. They created these images that they said, these are the only type of blacks we want to see in America. First one, it's blackface. Ignorant, lazy, buffoonish, superstitious. But he's happy though, and he's a creative. Let him dance for us. He can't own the record company, but let him make songs. Y'all not gonna say nothing to me. He can't own the material. That's why what's happening in the world now where ownership is shifting. Y'all better hear me. It's prophetic. Why? Because God says, I'm going to make it so I decentralize who owns it. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Let them perform. Let them perform and let them, no, let them do, that, you know, do that church dance. Play that church music. Play that happy church music. Play that church, that church shout music. Play that shout. Oh, that's incredible. Let them dance for us. Let them perform. Let them make us billions while we own their work. And let us make him think that that's all he can be as a performer. So that he never learns the business behind the performance. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Here's the next one. Sambo. He's jovial. He just want to have a good time. Lazy. Irresponsible. Carefree. Not that smart, but that boy can play ball. That boy can play some ball. So we have what we call drafts, which are nothing more than professional slave trades. Because you put a price on a man's head and you march him out to see him perform. 
while you have people sitting bidding. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. And I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking the players. Watch uh, me make as much money as you possibly can and then go buy the team. Y'all better hear me. Make as much money as you possibly can and then go buy the field. I'm not knocking that. I'm just telling you what's really going on. So we don't, we don't want to see a man. We don't want to see no black man doing business. We don't want to see no black man in politics. We, what you coming down here messing with us for? You need to play ball or perform. The next, Mammy. Uh-oh. Mammy. 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 See, she was a strong woman. But the slave master said, let's use her strength. Let's use her strength to keep men in check. So she's a hostile woman towards men. She's a man eater. Her sons become her de facto spouse. And she controls the movements of her son. So culture says, I'm just a mama's boy. America says, we made you that way. And, and, and I'm not knocking the love of your mother. I love my mama. I will cut anybody seven ways from Sunday. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And come into the building with bloody hands and say, I was just it's the blood of Jesus. I just, come on, let's get in this Bible. There's a difference between loving your mother and your mother being your de facto wife. <laughs> Running all the aspects of your life. She fights male leaders. She fights male leaders. Ain't no man gonna tell her what to do. Ain't no man gonna tell me what to do. Ain't nobody gonna tell. I'm not sitting. You sit down. I'm not making his plate. You're trying to put gender roles on me. Huh? I'm about to move. I got to go. Here's his last one. She sees other women as competition. So some of you ladies are like, I just don't get along with other women. You've been bred to be that way. How do you not get along with the very thing you're sent to help? How do you not get along with the very thing? See, I need some of you women to shut that down. Stop having these fights with one another and going against one another. And I need y'all to learn how to team up and what girl I got so bad. Can I get a system to go to another sister, high five or fist bump and say, girl, I got so bad. Fellas, can I get you to find another brother? Say, brother, I got so bad. I'm not fighting you. I'm going to help you. I'm not trying to tell you down. I'm trying to lift you up. I'm not trying to see you fail. I don't want to see you win. And it's getting ready to happen. <laughs> and it's getting ready to happen. Look at me. Women. Women, stop fighting one another. You sitting up gossiping another one, one another and talking about one another and beating one another down. And she thinks she all that. Why don't y'all both just say that we all that? You all that. I'm all that. We all that. Let's do what we do. I understood the assignment. 
I rebuke your gossip against other women. Let's go. I rebuke you running your mouth against, watch me, stop being in competition over a man. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. If it's a competition, you need to step out of it and say, baby, if it's a competition, you can have it. Why? I'm not going to put myself on no oxen block ever again in my. Get off the block. And tell me the block is hot anyhow. Get off of it. Here we go. Here's the next one. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. You ready? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You ready? Mandingo. So here's what they said to men. Stick and move. Look at the image of the movie. So you t- you're taking your kids to see Beauty and the Beast not knowing that that is a racist trope. You see, you see the beauty, the white woman with the blonde hair. Devil in a blue dress. Now, let me fix it because I don't want y'all thinking every white woman is. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying the, from the movie because he has a blue dress. Okay. And look, and he's, look, she got her umbrella. She, look, she out there. And look, look who's in the back, the master. Because you do know that during the days of slavery, that the mistress would often seek out the strong black male slaves. Okay, let me connect the Bible. Just like Potiphar's wife did Joseph. She said, boy, you looking good. Come on up in here and drop it off. And And because he would not lie with her, watch me, she lied on him just like she lied on Emmett Till. Y'all not gonna say nothing to me. So, so they said, we're almost done, we're almost done. So, so they bred men to say, just have sex. So men were then taught, have sex, watch me, and they would take them from plantation to plantation. So some of this stuff, this is why I did curse breakers last month, because some of this stuff is ancient. He didn't know why someone so won't do this and why someone so won't do this. This is ancient stuff that men were bred to be this way. Men were bred, have sex move, have sex move, have sex move, have sex. Don't stay for the kids. Let's talk. Because you're not making children, you're producing new slaves. So he was taught you're an animal. You can't control yourself. Just, just do it. And then leave. Do it. And then leave. So then a man saw, pay attention. Because, ladies, just in case you don't know, we have feelings too. It's quiet in the building. See, the ladies were shouting a minute ago. I say, man, got feel- he ain't got no feelings, bitch. He ain't got no feelings. Yeah, all right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Watch me. Watch me. He's strong. Watch me. So then the man was bred to believe I'm only good at one thing. The only thing, watch me, I don't even know commitment because I've been bred to screw. I had to say it like that. We have kids search for kids. The only thing, the only thing the man thought he was good for is sex. 
So he would be quiet until it was time. He'd be disengaged. Please listen. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help some of y'all married folks because you're trying to figure out why he don't say nothing until it's time. He quiet all day. But come in there switching. He talking about, wait a minute. Hey, how was your day? <laughs> wait a nothing all day. Turn out the lights. Light a candle. No, seriously, turn them out. <laughs> you ready? What's me? So he was bred to be that way. He was, he, listen, he was bred to be that way, to breed more slaves. You look at America today, you see men produce fatherlessness to produce more slaves. Bishop, what do you mean? Slavery's over. That says the 13th Amendment. The 13th Amendment says that if you're convicted of a crime, then you can be treated and, in fact, handled as a slave. So now let's fill these prisons with new slaves because it's, because it's a billion-dollar industry, just like slavery was. I need you to elbow somebody next to you and say, but it's all about to change. Come on, prophesy. Come on, y'all, prophesy. Tell them it's all about to change. Let's go further. Let's go further because some of y'all, you ain't used to this temperature water, so let's go. All right, Sapphire. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's go back. Jezebel. I want you to look. These are real images, by the way. These are real images that, that Americans... Jezebel, she, she, she has a sexual attraction that takes on masculine attributes and attitudes. So, so she became the female Mandingo. Her, there was masculinity in her sexuality. Mm, come on, come on, come on. There's masculinity in her sexuality. So, so her sexuality, so she's treating a man like a man would treat a woman. And what happens, watch me, is that this was used by the slave master to justify rape because they would say she wanted it. Why? Look, she's got a drink in her hand. She's a lush. She's asking for it. So consequently, watch me, so consequently, black women were raped in mass and said she wanted it. You look at culture today. When there's rape situations and circumstances, and some people will say, well, she was asking for it. Ooh, let's move on. Sapphire. Sapphire was a domineering woman. She's always running her mouth. She's on the phone. She usurps male authority. So here's how Sapphire works. Male authority would say, A. Sapphire says, we ain't doing that. See, see, look, look, they got, they got it all up. They got the Jezebel starter pack. Because in culture, Jezebel was associated with red lipstick. So they would say any woman that had red lipstick on, she's asking for it. She got on them red pumps. Pumps and the bumps. 
That's, that's MC Hammer. Y'all don't know that. Watch me. She usurps male authority. So when she sees male authority, he's trying to control me. Why? Because she's lived under the control of a master for so long. Now she is conflated master with any man. See, let me help some of you ladies that don't know how to submit. You have, watch me, you have conflated one bad relationship and now you painted everybody like he's that one. And I need some of y'all to get free from that because that's not the You may have met an abuser, but every man's not an abuser. You may be met a liar, every man's not a liar. Watch me, she drives her children away. Why? Because she lacks maternal instinct. She don't know how to be no mama. Matter of fact, don't call her mama, call her Darlene. This is why in culture you saw moms begin to be called by their first name and grandmamas called mama. Why? Because sapphire was in the land. So the, so the grandma would spend more time with the kids than the mama. Why? Because the enemy said, if I can tear these families up, they'll never, ever, 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 ever be what I've ordained for them to be. But I'm so glad the devil's alive. Watch me. Here's the next thing sapphire would do. Sapphire was normally a single woman. She was always in between relationships. Why? Because she pushed interested men away. Because an interested man, watch me, he's not going, watch me, let me, let me can, I, can I help? Let me help. Let me help. For those of you single ladies and married ladies who say you want a king, kings are not going to fight to lead. Either you will let him lead or he will say, I'm good. Because a king is not going to fight for his authority to be recognized. Either you recognize it or you don't. See, he got quiet in the building right there. My whole middle section literally ain't said nothing to me. Literally. I want to see all y'all after church. We having an after church meeting in the vestibule. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. So she pushes interested men away. And look, she's good looking. Watch me. But she's always in between relationships because the man she wants isn't a man, is not a man that she can keep. Let's move. Somebody says, stay there. So, 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 look, no, we got to go. We got to stay there. Listen, we got to go. All right, so look, blackface. Let's just run them one more time. Blackface. This, this is the image America said. We only want men like this. I need every man to say, I'm the curse breaker. Online, I need every man to type that online. I'm the curse breaker. You're not a buffoon. You're, you're, you're not some, just some entertainer. Watch me. I pray you own the company. Here's the second one. Here's the second one. Sambo. Sambo. What's me? Every man say, I'm the curse breaker. Fellas, you can do more than play ball. Ain't nothing wrong with playing ball. But you can do more than play ball. Y'all still with me? All right, Mammy. I need every woman to say, I'm the curse breaker. Mandingo, every man say, I'm the curse breaker. Jezebel, every woman say, I'm the curse breaker. Sapphire, every woman say, I'm the curse breaker. Do you even see how there's more attacks on the woman? Why? Because the devil hates you. Which is why if I was, watch me, if I was a woman, let me just, just give it to you. If I was a woman and I knew that the enemy hated me, every time I got to give God glory, I'd be the loudest. I wouldn't care with no. I hate that mark too. He hate me. I hate him. And I'll shout like God's glorious. 
I'll give him praise like he's glorious. Can I hear the war cry of some women in this building tonight? Can I hear the war cry of some women online? He hates you and you hate him. And my praise frustrates the heck out of the enemy. Wow. Wow. So you look at America today where we have young black men being killed because they have on hoodies. And then you say value your life, but then you see life be taken without recourse or consequence. You're told you're deadbeat. <laughs> you're a ninja. It's Hebrew for something else. So I'm like, what is it Hebrew for? Just stick with me. You'll learn. You're treated differently by law enforcement. You're treated as a suspect. I remember I was driving down Arapaho Road one day, and I saw a police cruiser turn around. I'm Bishop Foreman. I only say that to say I am not a punk. I can reach to any level of any government official in 10 seconds and have whatever I want overturn, overturn. And if I can't do that, I'll get God on you. And that's worse than me getting on you. And the police cruiser turned around and my heart started to race. And I said, what is this? I said, how is it that even as, as, I know nothing, that seeing that car turn around made my heart beat? I said, this is a whole mess. So when you look at America today, somebody say, we're going somewhere. The pandemic revealed the depths of demonic white supremacy. It revealed the depths of white privilege. And remember, Jesus said it would happen that way. He says, there's going to be pandemics. And then what did he say? Jesus told us, he said, uh, watch me. He says, uh, they're going to lay their hands on you. They'll persecute you. You'll be betrayed. You'll be handed over. You'll be continually hated. So Jesus told us exactly what was going to happen. So we see white privilege on display where a white person can do the same thing an African-American does. And it's treated without regard. It's amazing to me because officers have tried to justify murdering black men for not following instructions. Yet you have men openly defying the Congress of the United States of America. <laughs> with no recourse. You had a subpoena. He didn't. But I think the most dangerous is the last one. Because for many African Americans, you've been conditioned that you only matter and you're only good if you're accepted by white people. This is real. That's why I did it on a Wednesday. I hope it's helping. If not, I'm good. <laughs> so, so God is good to me. Listen. White acceptance says that deep down inside there are certain African Americans where, truth be told, you have a little bit of self-hatred. You have a little bit of, and I need to deal with this, because nobody ever says this. Nobody ever says this. You have a little bit of self-hatred because in, in your mind, in your mind, trust me, here's what they call it, I made it mainstream. 
which means which means which means I've been accepted by my white counterpart. Which means, which means the white pastor says I did a good job. If, 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 if somebody white says that it's good, then it must be good. So then consequently, there's, there's subtle self-hatred. You, you even know it. Watch me. Please hear me, African-Americans. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Because, because you'll even see your own people. And you will talk about your own in a way you would never talk about another. This is too much. This is too much. This is too much. Not realizing it's not white acceptance I need. It's not black acceptance I need. It's not Hispanic acceptance I need. It's not Asian acceptance I need. It's not, it's not, it, no, 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 no. The only acceptance I need is from. And can I help somebody? We're about to close it. 2,000 years ago when he hung on that tree. He looked at you and said, I accept you. You are loved. You are wanted. And you're accepted. I need everybody to open your mouth shout, I'm accepted. So the question then becomes, I got to close this. What's the future? You brought all this stuff up. What you going to do? What we's going to do? Well, it's Christmas time, right? For unto us, a child is born. Christmas is for giving. Unto us a son is given. Pay attention. And the government. Because mm. 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 all of the problems I just talked about only still exist because of the failures of the government. Oh, you better hear what I'm saying. This isn't political. This is just factual. I, let me be clear. This isn't Republican or Democrat. This, I, listen, I'm neither one. Full disclosure. I'm an independent. Full disclosure. Just full disclosure. Right, you be whatever you want to be. I love you either way. Unless you're one of them. No, I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. The government will be upon his shoulder. Watch me. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Pay attention. The government's going to be upon his what? His shoulder. A shoulder's a part of your what? Body. I need you to pay attention. The only reason this is going on in America is because, watch me, the real church ain't stood up yet. Oh, you got a political church that's pretending like they the real church. Ooh, but baby, that ain't the real church. I just need to know if there's the real body of Christ, which is black, white, tall, short, Democrat, Republican. It's everybody and everything. I just wonder if the real body would please... Somebody say, we are the change. We are the change. You ready? You ready? Salvation isn't just to go to heaven. Because if it was, once you're saved, you can just die. If the purpose of salvation was to go to heaven, then you could die once you're saved. You can just go to heaven. Somebody say, it's more than that. I'm going to tell you what it is. You ready? You ready? I think it's interesting um, when you look at the Hebrews, how many years? 430. We don't know when Moses entered the land and started to demand their release. I think it's interesting, 1619 was the first year recorded slaves came to this continent. Some of y'all will count in a minute. So, some of y'all will count in a minute. I only have two people that can count at the Wednesday Night Live experience. 
1619 to 2019 is how many years? 2020, that's 401. 2021, that's 4. So in other words, we're in the prophetic time where God says, I'm about to shut down the mistreatment. If he did it before, same God back then, same God right now. What if I told you it had to get worse so it could get better? What if I told you he had to reveal it so that he could heal it? Last scripture, last scripture, Revelation 5, 9. And they sang, look at the person next to you say, we're going to sing this song. See, so, so in other words, watch me, I need you to graduate from race. Now, let me be crystal clear. For those who say, I don't see race, you're racist. No, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. Because what you're saying is you're denying my difference to make you feel better about. No, no, no. So we're not saying we don't see color. What we're saying is you're not going to box us into race. Elbow somebody next to you say, you don't box me in. And they sang a new song. Say, we singing together. Say, every ethnicity. Every background. And here's what we're singing. For you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood. Look, at, look what the Bible says. Out of every tribe, out of every tongue, out of every people, out of every nation. I need you to make this declaration. Say, we are harvest. Which means black, we are harvest. White, we are harvest. Whatever ethnicity, we are harvest. Whatever your background, we are harvest. Churched, we're harvest. Unchurched, we're harvest. De-churched, we're harvest. Just found Jesus this year, we're harvest. Been walking with him for a long time, we're harvest. Somebody say, every tribe and tongue, people and nation. Come on, open your mouth and say, we will not walk in division. Say, we will not walk in bigotry. We will not walk in prejudice. But somebody say, we're singing a new song. Say, here's the new song. Verse 10 says, and he has made us kings and priests, which means I'm spiritual and I'm successful. And I'm not going to wait until I die to reign. I'm going to reign right here and I'm going to reign right now. I need you to look over at somebody next to you and tell them, say, I'm not waiting to die to live. Say, I'm going to live right now. Say, I'm going to break every statistic. Say, I'm going to break every curse. Say, don't put a label on me. Don't put a box on me because I'm a king and a priest. I need you to worship God for 10 seconds right there. Go to him. Eight, come on, kings. Seven, six, five. Come on, kings. Four, come on, kings. Three, come on, kings. Two, come on, kings. Shout, I'm a king. Listen, listen, I'm done. I am way out of time. Listen, listen, listen. Say, I'm a king and a priest. Say, spiritual and successful. So, a whole lot in this message that I had to cut out. Not for any other reason but time. I would have had you tear in about 11.30. And you still would have been shouting. 
We're not doing that. We're singing a new song. <laughs> so I will teach more. Um, I need you to hear me. To talk about racism and to talk about race is to not create division. If you think telling the truth is creating division, you are warped. I say, I wept the other day when I saw a particular verdict. Um, because I said, the reality is, I said, God, you have to do this. And you're going to do it through us, your people. And um, so I say to you, don't hear anything I taught tonight as hate, as hate mongering. If you heard that, you're literally nuts. And I want you to come down and get prayed for. Mm -mm. You got to call that stuff out. As a black man, everybody stand, we're done. The racism I deal with on a daily will blow your mind. To fight just to get what's right will blow your mind. And I said, Lord, this is not right. And he said, son, for this reason, for you. So I'm going to teach more. I'm going to teach more. Um, did you get some out of this tonight? Why the attack? Because Pharaoh said, if we don't oppress them, if we don't tear them down. And for some of you, you're not black, but you're under attack. Can we just be honest? How many of us have been under some attacks in the last 11 months? Say, but every attack. Come on, say it Wednesday. Every attack was used to advance me. So God, I pray for every man and every woman. Father, thank you for helping us to better understand the attack. Tonight, God, I can only introduce these topics. But I pray that they would begin to the process of breaking every archetype, every, every way in which we've been bred to be in the earth. And I say, God, that we are the interruption to the dysfunction. We are kings and priests. That's who we are. We are not less than. We are not inferior. We are kings and priests. What does that mean? Spiritual and successful. And for this, we say thank you. Tonight, if you're in this building or you're online and you're not a Christian, tonight's your night to come to the Lord. Secondly, if you give your life to the Lord, you've not been faithful to him. Tonight's your night to recommit yourself to him. Thirdly, if you like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure wherever you're at, you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself, Lord, or be sure. On three, I just want you to throw your hand up in the building online, do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Tonight, somebody just say freedom. Take every label off. Listen, for some of you, it ain't black. For some of you, that is, you got single mama label on. Take it off. I pray every label that God didn't put on you, this is prophetic. I pray that every label that God didn't put on you, that tonight, those labels, you're not crazy. No, 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 no. Every label, no, every label that's not what God has ordained, that those labels would come off of you tonight. 
you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. On three, throw that hand up in the building online. Do the hand waving emoji. Says me. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right where you're at. Right where you're at. God bless you. Wherever you're at. Hallelujah. Everybody, real quick, we're going home. Pray this. Me say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I am forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for revealing that every attack is to advance me. We are the change. We refuse labels. We refuse boxes. We refuse every device of the enemy. And we rise up. And we rise up. And we rise up. And we rise up. I just need to know if there's some kings and priests in this building and online. Come on, let me hear your sound, kings. Let me hear your sound, priests. Come on, let me hear your sound. No labels. No labels. This is your new label. The Lord is my shepherd. This is your new label. And if God be for me, who would dare be against me? I need you to take your phone out. We got to go. Text the word decision to 877-552-4746 if you just made that decision. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to the number 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the whoa with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. 